All right, everybody, welcome back to another episode of Sky High Sports and Entertainment. And today is going to be a great one because NBA free agency has kicked off and there are some major, major things going down. We're going to get into the biggest storylines here today. And then on the entertainment half, we're going to give some updates on two of the biggest franchises out there, even though I consider them more of multiple franchises combined into one, which are the DC Extended Universe becoming the DC Universe and the Marvel Cinematic Universe, giving updates, also reviews on the latest shows, including the Marvel Cinematic Universe's Secret War show with Samuel L. Jackson and many more great actors I'll get into, as well as my review and takeaways from the DC Extended Universe's The Flash, which I saw in theaters and definitely has some controversy surrounding it, uh, but we'll get into it all today and some of the good takeaways as well, because even though there's quite a bit of negative from that movie around the stars involved, particularly Ezra Miller, uh, there's a lot to really like about that movie and the plot line and the characters and cameos, uh, but it's a lot going on, so we're going to get into it now. All right, first off, in NBA free agency, the big news is that Dame Dalla, Damian Lillard, best rapper in the NBA today, and one of the greatest ballers of all time, making the NBA top 75, has requested a trade out of the Portland Trail Blazers. It doesn't come as a shock after this season, but when you look at the totality of his career, it's unbelievably shocking because Damian Lillard said that he would always be in Portland, uh, but in today's NBA, there is only so much you can do for a franchise, and one of my main takeaways is that this has to be one of the most amicable trade requests between fan bases and a player and just the NBA at large in general. It seems as though it's not incredibly amicable between the Trailblazers, which I think is quite surprising and unfair. We'll get into that in a little bit, but it's very amicable because everyone knows that Damian Lillard gave his all to Portland. I mean, even Stephen A. Smith, who is the first to criticize trade requests, said that he is proud, proud of Damian Lillard. Uh, for asking for this trade request. The whole media likes it. And I think most fans do too, because, you know, this reminds me a lot of the Kevin Garnett trade request, even though he didn't totally request the trade, but regardless, that's too complicated to get into. He wanted out of Minnesota because he was wasting away there as one of the best players in the league, goes to Boston, wins a championship. And I believe it was also right around his 12th season, Damian Lillard heading into his 12th season. And that's very much what this reminds me of um, because Kevin Garnett was just so good and deserved a championship. That's the last time I can think of something like this. But, you know, social media wasn't really around in the same way, just Facebook, basically. And so this is quite a bit more public and of the modern era that this is happening here with Damian Lillard. And I mean, it's it's just everyone wants it to happen because he's so good. He has the second most 60 point games other than Wilt Chamberlain behind Kobe Bryant in the last 50 years. Uh, it's unbelievable how good he is, averaging a career-high 32.4 points this year. Damian Lillard, even though he's in his early 30s now, he can still ball out and is arguably the best he's ever been as a top 75 guy, one of the most clutch players we've ever seen. And look, okay, it's not Kevin Durant requesting a trade at a Golden State 
for basically no reason, just because people were criticizing him too much. It's not James Harden doing three trade requests in two years with the Houston Rockets showing out of shape and then going to Brooklyn and not really acclimating and not enjoying what was going on there which is understandable but still he asked for that situation and now asking out of Philadelphia which we're going to get into of course and it's not Kyrie Irving just wanting to not play with LeBron James or promising Boston he'll be there only a year in and then asking out even though if he stuck with them they could have gone to the championship it's not even my favorite player Kobe Bryant requesting a trade because Damian Lillard stayed through really bad times in the franchise. And I think that with Kobe, he also did, but it was after Shaq left and he'd won three championships already. So just completely different situations. And that was more about proving he could do it with Shaq, which he was ultimately without Shaq, which he was ultimately able to do. Uh, whereas with Damian Lillard, he has not won a championship yet. He has been on the Portland Trailblazers for nearly 12 seasons, pouring his heart and soul into the team, leading them to the Western Conference Finals, hitting some of the most clutch shots and clutch playoff shots in NBA history with this team. And really, they have not gotten him much. They traded away CJ McCollum, his best partner, and really haven't gotten anything. Jeremy Grant has not been a sufficient replacement with them shutting Dame down, because that's really what led to this is last season when they shut Damian Lillard down so they could get a better draft pick because Damian Lillard's a hooper. He's a competitor. He's got that mob mentality, even released a song dedicated to Kobe, and he wants to win. And they were only five games out of the playoffs and he believed that they still had a chance with about 10 games left that things could work in their favor as a competitive player should and generally will uh, but they shut him down anyways for a draft pick they drafted Scoot Henderson instead of trading the pick for a superstar there were rumors of Paul George and that was the nail in the coffin really and I understand it I think he he's right to do so in today's NBA because he isn't getting younger, especially in NBA years, still a young man in real life, but in NBA years, he's really got to take advantage of his remaining prime. And I think that this is the greatest trade request in NBA history in many ways. That being said, let's get excited about it because Damian Lillard says that he wants to play for the Miami Heat. And I think that if he ends up on the Heat, they could and will win the NBA championship as the finals runner up. I mean, look, I've done a lot of research into this. I've listened to Bobby Marks on ESPN in particular, greatest trade front office insider I've ever seen. He's always working the trade machine, making great trades. And in this case, uh, it looks really good. It looks like it's going to need to be a three-team trade with Brooklyn getting Tyler Hero. I'm surprised Portland wouldn't want him personally. But anyways, that's neither here nor there. Uh, giving up Nikola Jovic as well um, and giving up probably Kyle Lowry's contract. Many draft picks involved from both Brooklyn and the Miami Heat who have a bunch of first-rounders still. So I definitely think that this is going to be a good trade for Portland. If they want to rebuild, I find it weird they're saying they want to win. Otherwise, I probably wouldn't let Dame walk. Uh, he's one of the best players in the NBA, and they probably would have traded Scoot Henderson. I don't know. It seems really interesting to me, and that they're saying that they might not accommodate it. I think they should. I think he poured his blood, sweat, and heart and tears into the franchise, and that they did not do right by him in trying to be 
competitive. Uh, even when Kobe did request the trade, the Lakers went out and got Pau Gasol, and they worked it out very, very quickly. In this case, the Portland Trailblazers re-signed Jeremy Grant, which, which is good, but I mean, they, they've sort of seemingly reached their ceiling unless Scoot Henderson develops. But I think Damian Lillard, especially at this age, you know, he's not at the end of his career, really wants to be that guy on a championship team. So when you look at the Miami Heat getting Damian Lillard, which can happen, and I think, honestly, he has every right to force his way there, which he can and well do. I don't know why the Blazers aren't accommodating this request when he's the greatest trailblazer in franchise history. And, yeah, that would be incredible. Can you imagine having Jimmy Butler as your second-best player? Jimmy Butler as the Dwayne Wade of that big three. Damian Lillard as the LeBron James, even though his style is more Kobe of that team and bam out of bio as your Chris Bosch it could be the greatest big three that we have seen since the Miami Heat's big three of LeBron Wade and Bosch with these guys I think having Jimmy Butler as your second best player would be amazing Stephen A. Smith said it during the finals that Jimmy Butler uh needs to be the second best player on a championship team. And I wasn't really willing to agree because the finals weren't over. I thought Jimmy would come back. I was quite surprised with what happened. I'm not giving up on the guy or anything. What he did against Milwaukee was heroic, historic, and will be remembered for generations, upsetting a one seed recent champion with an MVP, oddly similar to what the Golden State Warriors did uh, to the Dallas Mavericks with Dirk Nowitzki back in 2007, the We Believe Warriors being the eighth seed. Uh, but this is incredible. This was incredible what Jimmy did. And to see him as the second best player with Damian Lillard, who fits heat culture, who can make those amazing plays in the playoffs, having that culture around him, having Spolstra as his coach, having Bam and Jimmy, it's going to be amazing. And I really think that the Miami Heat could win a championship with Damian Lillard, having just gone to the NBA finals and having Jimmy Butler, who can carry a team by himself as your second best player, not having to expend himself so that both of them can have energy for the finals. I think this would be one of the most deadly combinations in the NBA. All right, let's talk a little bit more free agency here. Another big move was Chris Paul going to the Warriors. Uh, I really like this overall. I think it's going to be one of those situations where even though it doesn't make the most sense in terms of system, they're going to find a way to make it work. Chris Paul makes everyone better wherever he goes, and he doesn't even have to be anywhere close to the guy here. He can dish the ball to Steph. He can dish the ball to Clay. And yes, the Warriors play with pace, and Chris Paul is more of a methodical passer, but I think that Steph Curry and Clay Thompson are at a point in their career where they can adjust ever so slightly. And that's actually going to help them out as they both get a little bit older and even having Draymond Green who can pass having Wiggins. And I listened to Draymond Green on the podcast P Paul George's podcast today. And he was saying that, Chris Paul could unlock Jonathan Kaminga. I covered and watched Jonathan Kaminga in the NBA Summer League, and his skill set is unbelievable. He has this raw talent, but he just drives to the hoop so much. I think if he's cutting to the hoop and Chris Paul condition the ball, it's going to be amazing. Um, I think the Warriors could definitely use a big, even if they bring back somebody like the Marcus Cousins or Dwight Howard, I think that would really help them out overall. 
but I think it's going to be really amazing to see uh, Chris Paul on the Warriors. I think it's going to be really exciting and definitely could be championship material. They're only two years removed. They're going all in and it's going to be really interesting to see what happens. So that's a huge move. It's a superstar player playing with Steph Curry after the Chris Paul, Steph Curry rivalry. So many plays that both of them crossed each other over. We like to say it was just Steph, but Chris crossed up Steph, crisscross and left him on the floor shooting nice jumpers. But Steph Curry saying to Chris Paul, this ain't 2014 no more, very recently, is really funny to think about now. Overall, though, that's the competitiveness of the game. And I think that they're really, really going to be great playing together. And it's going to be interesting to see if they can win a championship. I mean, even a Warriors uh, heat final could be really interesting. Definitely the Denver Nuggets are not to be messed with at all. Uh, they're still the duo and the team to beat with Jokic and Murray. Very sad they lost Bruce Brown, though. I think he was a big player for them. But free agency is not over yet. So we're going to see what happens. But uh, this league has a lot of parity. And it's going to be tougher than ever to go back to back. And it's going to be a really amazing year of basketball coming up. Because James Harden has also requested a trade. His third trade request in two years and yeah it's starting to seem like Harden can be uh the problem for sure regardless though he's the top 75 player of all time two soft 75 players requesting trades in such a short time is unbelievable and it's going to be a lot of fun to see where he goes and it sounds like it could be the Clippers or that one I wouldn't be surprised if him and Philly work it out regardless though I think it'll be the Clippers and uh, I was looking today and there's a lot of things they can do with Norman Powell and Nicholas Batum, Marcus Morris Sr. and draft picks. So we're going to see what happens there. And Robert Covington, of course. Uh, but I think ultimately James Harden could end up on the Clipper, which would see him reunite with Russell Westbrook. Those two alone were a great duo on the Rockets a few years ago, heating up before COVID hit, by the way. They were amazing before the pandemic hit, and uh, that really killed their chemistry. And then you also have Kawhi Leonard and Paul George. That is going to be ridiculous. So again, it is going to be a tough race to the championship next year. I would love to see Harden on the Clippers. Anytime you get the Thunder reunited, I think it's fantastic because we never got to see what Kevin Durant, Russell Westbrook, and James Harden could do uh, together. Honestly, I think it could be really fun to reunite all three of them somehow, some way at some point. But uh, that's, that's maybe a year or two away, I'd say, because we're going to see what happens. So... Overall, the Harden trade request is pretty surprising, I would like to say, uh, just because he was with Embiid and three trade requests in two years is a lot more than we've ever seen. But I think him on the Clippers could make for some really fun basketball. But definitely, I'm going to be covering Damian Lillard. I think him going to the Heat uh, could be the most exciting thing to happen in a long time. I think it could really bring the fireworks back to South Beach. And I think it would ultimately lead to a really special ring for two players who really deserve it in Jimmy Butler and Damian Lillard. All right, that is all for sports today because I do like to try to keep this around a half hour. And uh, NBA free agency has been off the charts we could do an hour two hours three hours on it honestly but uh, i do have a great guest who's supposed to come on next week who is an nba expert uh from the players tribune so hopefully uh she is able to make it as always i don't really guarantee guests anymore because you never know what's going to happen people's schedules change but we've been talking about it for a while so i think it's going to be really really amazing and uh more free agency to come but for now we're going to talk entertainment
entertainment. And today we're going into the two hottest entertainment topics, probably the last decade with the DC Extended Universe and the Marvel Cinematic Universe featuring reviews as well as updates on uh, the latest content and content to come. So in the DC Extended Universe, they are closing out. And in my opinion, and I like to be positive, but I have to point it out here because I care so much, particularly about uh, Batman, love Batman as a kid. And they made The Flash and are rebooting the universe. I mean, we've seen franchises rebooted, but to be rebooting an entire cinematic universe from scratch has to be the biggest failure in cinematic history, in my opinion. I mean, it's not a movie flopping. It's not a franchise ending like when Tobey Maguire walked away from Spider-Man and they rebooted it. It's not the umpteenth revamp of Batman or Superman. This is an entire universe rebooting. I think that is insane. And I can't believe that they failed with that many characters and that many attempts to just not get good reviews, not get good box office going, not get good stories going. I think there were just a lot of egos involved as there often are in film. And it just did not work very surprisingly. So they are rebooting an entire universe, turning the DC extended universe into the DC universe with The Flash allegedly serving as a reset. And again, this just sums up the DC Extended Universe, which is that this was supposed to be the end, yet there are two more movies coming out. I don't understand it at all. It doesn't make sense. No one really does. Even the best film critics I've read about. And uh, it, it's just ridiculous, quite frankly. The Blue Beetle is coming out with Solo Mariduena in the lead, better known as Miguel in Cobra Kai. Uh, so that actually looks great from the trailer. Again, it's just weird the universe is being rebooted because I think that character and that movie looks great and will be great. And it should have come out before The Flash as a chance for them to maybe continue. Regardless, though, uh, that is neither here nor there. Then you have the sequel to Aquaman as the last movie even though the flash serves as the final movie canonically it's very very weird uh regardless though that's going to happen in december before james gunn director of the guardians of the galaxy trilogy and director of the suicide squad the new suicide squad which is one of the best dc movies is revamping the DC universe. He's gonna be at the helm. There's some really cool projects announced, uh, including the new Superman project, Superman Legacy, where Clark Kent is gonna be in the modern world of today um, with you know a slightly ruder culture with social media and everything in today's youth. And he's gonna be this very old school, like 1950 style gentleman who's classy and kind. And uh, I think that's gonna be really, really fun and interesting to see. And it was recently announced that David Corinsweat, uh, famous from Pearl and some Ryan Murphy shows like Hollywood uh, is going to be the lead as Clark Kent. Then you're gonna have Rachel Brosnahan who is the marvelous Ms. Maisel. She plays the lead in that show as Lois Lane. Uh, so I think that's going to be really, really interesting and lots of cool projects to come, uh, like focusing on the son of Batman and some really great shows. And overall, it's going to be a lot of fun. But for now, we will get more into that as more news comes up. But let's talk about The Flash. So first of all, before I get into what's good, I, I think usually I'm not super turned off by, by actors and their personal problems. Um, and I think Hollywood actually does a good job of that now. 
But I have to point out with the flash that they had every opportunity to recast Ezra Miller. Uh, Ezra Miller has been in serious trouble recently for, you know, talking to people in the 12, 13-year-old age range, having them over to his home, parents searching for them, um, not able to find them, him showing up at their house, erratic behavior, really, really dastardly, disturbing, disturbing stuff. I highly recommend uh, reading his Wikipedia page and the personal life or controversy legal troubles section. If you're curious, ask them more. I usually like to keep it pretty positive here, but since I am talking about the Flash and the DC Universe, I felt it was important to point it out because they didn't recast him. They even recast his father in the movie from the Justice League, uh, who was originally played by Billy Crudup, and they just let him be. And the worst thing is that this movie was like the Ezra Miller show. It was a great plot. It was a good movie, but it's just to have him because it's a multiverse movie where, you know, the flash goes into the multiverse through warp speed and things get messed up in tangent timeline. So he sees his older self while trying to save his mother from dying in the past. Uh, he ends up seeing himself around a similar age on the night that he becomes the Flash and gets superpowers. So a bit of an origin story there too. So it's a great movie, but it's just that there are two Ezra Millers. So it's just the Ezra Miller show. Worst of all, you guys heard what I just said, and he is saving babies in one scene. I mean, honestly, check the temperature here. It's 2023. It's ridiculous. It's one of the first times where like, Something like that has really bothered me in a movie. And I think it bothered a lot of people because it bombed at the box office in terms of expectations. So that was really surprising to see because DC was touting it as the best superhero movie since The Dark Knight, which is pretty silly to do uh, if it wasn't that good. And it was good, but I think just a recast of Ezra Miller with all the recasting in Hollywood today and the fact that, I'm sorry, as much as they want to make it out to be the Flash was not that popular in the cinematic universe compared to characters like Superman and Batman, just in the cultural zeitgeist overall. So they really could have recasted. They didn't. I'm quite surprised by it. And uh, that was surprising. Overall, the movie has a good emotional plot at its center with the Flash trying to save his mother from passing away, utilizing time travel, creating a break in the multiverse, and ending up in a universe where Michael Keaton is Batman instead of Ben Affleck in this universe. And by the way, Ben Affleck does a sensational job in his short time as Bruce Wayne. He finally figured it out, but his time is over. That's the way things go sometimes. But seeing Keaton back in Batman was uh, was really, really cool for sure. I mean, I wasn't even born when he played Batman, but I still got to watch the movies uh, growing up. And it was really cool to see him, the first real Batman on screen. Yes, we had Adam West, but he was already from the TV show, even though he did an excellent job. And so Michael Keaton uh, being on screen was really, really cool to see and really fun to see with The Flash as well, and also seeing Sasha Cali as Supergirl. But again, I think that was another problem with the movie was that uh, she was incredibly underdeveloped, very interesting character, very interesting backstory of being imprisoned and not able to use her powers to break out. And she could have had a much larger role. She did great with what she did, but I would have liked to see a lot more dialogue from her. Uh, but overall, the plot points were really, really good, really good emotional beats, maybe a bit long on grief and overcoming the things from our past. And I think that the movie did a really good job 
in that way for sure. And uh, overall, I know I've criticized that a lot, but if you like superhero movies, if you like Batman in particular, I recommend seeing this. There is a massive amount of Batman and all the parts with Batman are great. And definitely sometimes you can suspend uh, the art from the artist for a little bit, but it's tough to go the whole movie without thinking about it. So that makes it a bit of a tough enjoyment. Uh, but overall, I do recommend seeing it for Michael Keaton as Batman alone. He does a great job. And for longtime Batman fans, uh, not as far back as Michael Keaton, there is a great, great shout out and cameo that I will not spoil uh, at the end. It was my first Batman that I saw in theaters and it was after Keaton. So I guess I'm spoiling it a little bit because there's uh, only a few left, but highly, highly recommend it for that alone. All right, let's take a little bit of a look at Marvel here as we begin to wrap things up. Marvel released its new show, Secret Invasion, two episodes so far. And you know what? I highly recommend it. Uh, there's four more weeks of it. I'll be covering it while it's coming out. And I'm really, really excited to continue watching it. Um, I think that it's it's just so much less cheese and action and, and non-essential action than other Marvel movies because... It really focuses on Nick Fury, played by Samuel L. Jackson, and an alien invasion from a long time ago of aliens who came to Earth and Fury made a deal that they wouldn't harm each other and Fury would help them find a home. And the point is that these aliens live among us. They take the shape of humans. So that's really cool and fun to see and reminds me of some of the great alien movies combined with like the James Bond espionage element. So that's really, really fun and great to watch and good storylines. Pretty good. There are some scenes with some really good dialogue as well, particularly in episode two between Samuel L. Jackson and Don Cheadle. That is some amazing stuff. Both Academy Award nominees. You also have Academy Award winner Olivia Coleman in there. You have Amelia Clark in this show who played the Nearest Targaryen, aka the Mother of Dragons, aka the Breaker of Chains, aka the Queen of the Andals, a million names I know. And she does a great job as well. So the acting is extraordinary which creates really good dialogue and scenes. Overall, I think it's one of the more interesting, fresh, unique elements of the MCU in quite some time. Uh, you talk about espionage, as I mentioned, like James Bond combined with aliens. You have terrorists. You have torture. You have the whole America-Russia relations, but not in a super political preachy way, much more in just a really good storytelling way. Uh, you even have a Unity Day uh, explosion, which reminds me of the original Spider-Man with Tobey Maguire, with Macy Gray performing at it when the Green Goblin attacks, uh, except it's in Russia this time. But regardless, really, really high quality stuff overall. And Kobe Smulders is in it, playing Agent Maria Hill. Also, she is well known as Robin Scherbatsky from How I Met Your Mother. And she appeared in How I Met Your Father. But uh, I will talk about that show once the season's over, starring Hilary Duff. Story for another time. But Secret Invasion was really, really good so far overall, and definitely a show I recommend watching with new episodes out every Wednesday. As for the Marvel Cinematic Universe and where it's at right now, this is the latest entry in Phase 5, the first television series of it. Uh, we had Ant-Man and the Wasp so far, which was okay overall, had some good moments, but they definitely felt like they rushed that one a bit, and it just wasn't up to the quality of what MCU movies usually are. I thought Guardians of the Galaxy 3 was excellent 
blew my mind, really emotional, really well done, a great story, great send off for some of the characters. And they're doing a good job with that. Of course, the big thing is uh, the Jonathan Majors assault allegations. His next court date is in August because he is playing Kang the Conqueror, who's supposed to be the next Thanos, the major villain. Uh, so it's going to be really, really interesting to see what happens there. Uh, it's not looking good. And, and Disney is going to have to come to terms and figure out what they do because he plays a large role in some of the shows coming up. Like Loki season two, in particular, Loki season one with him as Kang the Conqueror was absolutely incredible with Tom Hiddleston in the lead. Loki has always been one of the MCU's most interesting characters uh, because you really see him as the bad guy, but wanting to be good, a very sort of broken guy working through it. And uh, Loki season two is going to be a lot of fun to watch for sure but it's going to be interesting with Jonathan Majors they also have another show coming out in November and that is Echo it's going to be the first deaf superhero uh, Echo was previously in the Hawkeye series and she was an excellent superhero excellent backstory so that's going to be a lot of fun and the other thing coming out in November for the MCU is their final movie of the year which is The Marvels featuring Brie Larson as Captain Marvel and uh, Kamala Khan Miss Marvel and she is great she was fantastic in her show she's going to be great in the movie i personally thought the trailer with the beastie boys intergalactic playing looked absolutely hilarious and one of the better trailers i've seen in a while uh, so that's going to be really good but that's kind of the state of the mcu at the moment i think jonathan majors is the big hold up i think the marvels could end up being a really good movie you got captain america new world order coming out next year so hopefully that does well um, because so far, right, Guardians of the Galaxy 3, that was a send-off. So they say Star-Lord will return. That's Chris Pratt's character, the lead. But regardless, we don't have a ton to look forward to from that movie. They should do a new Guardians movie with Rocket and Groot. But uh, hopefully they do that. That's another story, though. And then other than that, uh, Ant-Man and the Wasp is all clouded now because of Jonathan Majors. And it sounds like we won't get another Ant-Man. So they're doing a lot of sort of tearing down. And I think we need some more building in the MCU. Don Cheadle will return as War Machine in the upcoming Armor Wars movie. Uh, so they are building that from this. But regardless, I'd like to see a bit more either new or excitement over characters rather than kind of send-offs. And then obviously the big holdup is Jonathan Majors. So uh, Phase 5 is an interesting place. I still have hope for it for sure. It's just going to be interesting to see what happens. But definitely for now, tune into Secret Invasions. I'm not talking about the bear yet because I am in Canada and it is not out on uh, Hulu here yet on Disney Plus until July 19th. I will talk about the bear season two when that happens highly recommend it if you can watch it season one was incredible i'll get into it once that comes out and thank you guys so much as always for tuning in and listening today please make sure to subscribe and download the episode it really really helps out and uh, always enjoy getting to share uh, the best of movies and music and sports with everyone and i hope that you guys enjoy it as well and get some good recommendations out of it there's so much content to feed through these days uh, so thank you all very much for listening. I really appreciate it. And stay tuned as we got some guests coming on and some great topics and free agency and more movies and more great shows. Uh, always good times on Sky High Sports and Entertainment.